Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to News from the Torah. This is Leah Aroni. Today is the 25th day of the Hebrew month of El, September 21st, 2022, and this week we're reading the Torah portion of Nitzavim. Nitzavim is a Torah portion in which the Jewish people stand together to hear the final words of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, before they go to the land of Israel. But it is also always the Torah portion we'll read before Rosh Hashanah, the Hebrew New Year, where all of us will stand before God's judgment as we enter the New Year. So for this today's, the last show of this year, I would like to talk to you about the coming New Year, about Rosh Hashanah and what it means, and also a very special announcement of my own. So maybe I will actually start off with this announcement. In five weeks from now, Israel will go for its fifth election campaign in the past several years. On November 1st, we will vote for the fifth time around since Israel has not been able to form a stable government. And so in this election campaign, I'm running with a new party called 3040 uh, for Knesset. 3040 is a party that targets young Israelis, young families, people in their 30s and 40s, the people who are really carrying the brunt of the weight of the current economic situation. Israel is facing um, inflation like it hasn't seen in years. It's still better than in other Western countries, but for Israelis, it's really tough. The prices are going up. The prices in supermarkets, the price of gas was sharply up before election economics um, were used to lower the prices. The prices of apartments are incredibly high, with Tel Aviv being the most expensive city in the world, which for us Israelis is unbelievable. So yes, housing is especially expensive in Israel. And in this country where most people own an apartment of their own and that's standard, it is very hard for young couples to face a future where they cannot own their own apartment because prices are just so high and out of reach. So these are the issues we're putting front and center in this election campaign. But also another year that I th- another issue that I think will uh, interest many of you, my listeners, and that is the issue of Aliyah and Klita. The issue of um, encouraging more Jews to move to Israel and improving how they are received and absorbed in this country. So obviously bringing prices down and making sure that Israel is affordable for everybody is a very big issue for anybody who wants to make Israel its home. So yes, that's important. But also I think Israel has stopped raising the banner of being the country of all Jews, the home for all Jews. Israel is no longer encouraging people to come to Israel. Um, And it takes them in only as a last resort, like the Ukrainians now and the Russians, or um, when people decide to come of, of their own volition. But Israel is not actively encouraging Aliyah 
and I think it's very problematic. And also, over the past six months of dealing with helping Ukrainian and Russian Jews come to Israel, I've seen how much more needs to be done to enable to people to come to Israel have a positive experience. When small groups of Aliyah come, like it has been happening until this year, several thousand a year, so that's a normal amount that the Israeli government can handle. But when 30,000 people showed up all at once in this most recent wave, the Israeli government was not able to handle this amount of volume. And if tomorrow there's a crisis in another part of the world and more Jews want to come to Israel, the government is not equipped to handle that, unfortunately, and this has to change. This absolutely has to change. For example, I know that of the Olim that came to Israel, of the new immigrants that came to Israel over the past six months, almost half have not started Hebrew courses, have not started Dolpam, because the government simply did not have the teachers in place to teach Hebrew. So almost 40, uh, over 40% of people see their initial absorption payments run out before they've even started learning the language, and that's unacceptable. There are not enough programs for kids who need help. Israeli um, schools offer Olim kids six hours of additional Hebrew training of Ulpan a week. That's it, and only if there's a certain number of kids in a class. The other four, 34 hours, the kids are in school, they get no extra help. And they're supposed to learn everything they're supposed to learn in a new language they don't know. There's nothing for kindergartners. They're just thrown into a class of 30 kids with a teacher who doesn't know their language. There's no support. And this is no way to treat new immigrant kids. They need much more support. So having seen that, this is why I joined this party, 3040. And we're going to put Aliyah and Klita front and center. We're going to make sure that Israel encourages more Olim to come and improves the experience of new immigrants to Israel, obviously, if we pass the threshold and get into the Knesset. So um, economy, bureaucracy, and making sure Israel is a welcoming place for new immigrants are the three issues that we're putting front and center in this election, and this is why I'm on this slate. Uh, to move forward, though, even before the elections, we have a much, much more important date. And that date is going to be this Sunday night, and then Monday and Tuesday, and this is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the Hebrew New Year, and it's a very different experience than the regular New Year that we all know. It's not just a symbolic date when we change the calendar, but Rosh Hashanah has a very deep meaning for every single one of us. So let's talk about that, because really what Rosh Hashanah means literally is the head of the year. Rosh is head, Hashanah is the year, so Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. And one of the ways to see that is just like the head is the neurological center of your entire being. This is where your life force flows from to your entire body. This is where all the powers of your body flow from. So, in a way, Rosh Hashanah is the neurological center 
of the entire year. This is when you get all of your power, potential, capacity, capability for the coming year. And the Balayatanya says that on Erev Rosh Hashanah, the night before Rosh Hashanah, everything that we know, all the experiences, all the awareness, all the capabilities, everything we know about ourselves is basically rebooted. It's a general reset of the world. And on Rosh Hashanah morning, as we listen to the shofar and we pray, we get an entirely new download for this coming year. A new download of consciousness, of awareness, of ability, capability, talent. Everything is new. It's an entirely new download that has never been around before. And it's much greater than anything that has ever been, quote-unquote, downloaded into the world or for each of one of us individually. Each year is like another rung on a spiral going up. And so each year brings new stuff, new understandings, new insights, new abilities, new options that were not there before. So yes, everything is going to be entirely new in this coming new year. But even more than that, if we realize that everything in our life is the sum total of our experiences in a way is a reflection of experiences we had as children. When we realize that we all grew up in houses with different beliefs and approaches and thoughts and thought patterns and behaviors, and that has shaped us for years to come, we can also think of this Rosh Hashanah as an opportunity to heal. If we understand that this Rosh Hashanah, we get a clean slate and a new download of ways to look at the world. We can work with ourselves to start believing that we can leave our lost, our um, less helpful beliefs in the previous year and start this year fresh. If there's something you don't believe you're capable of, that was last year. If there's something that you cannot do, that was last year. If there's a relationship that has not been working for you, that was last year. This year is going to be completely, completely different. This year is also going to create new challenges and opportunities for you going forward. So how are you going to embrace those? Now, when we talk about God judging us, it's not the kind of judgment that we all hate. It's not somebody looking at you and telling you, look what you've done. That's despicable. I can't believe you've done that. Oh my God, you deserve to be punished. That's not the judgment we talk about. But if we understand that once again, all of our experience is a sum total of looking at the world through a filter. And that filter was installed in us as little children. If we can understand that and become aware of that filter, we can heal our life. So when God judges us, it's by holding our hand and saying, look, everything you've been doing until now, sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong, but it's not the ultimate truth because you're looking through a filter. Let's review that. Is this serving you well? 
Is this helpful for you? Maybe you can do better if you let go of the filter. Let's try that. That's the kind of judging we're talking about. This is when God comes and tells us there is an ultimate truth. And in that ultimate truth, yes, you may have been hurt. You may have been traumatized. And you may be living your life as an answer to that trauma. But there's also another way. There's another way to look at the world that's pre-trauma, that's pre-filters, that pre-family craziness. And while validating everything you've been through, it also offers another way, the way of healing, which is really what Chuva repentance is all about. And I think we've discussed this in one of the previous shows. The Hebrew word of Chuva is Tashuv Hey. The last letter of Chuva is Hey. And the first four letters form a word Tashuv. Literally, that means to return the Hey. The hay um, expresses our entire world, our entire experience, how we experience the world in time and space. And we want to take that experience and take it back to its primordial, original, fixed, healthy state. So that's a little bit of a metaphysical idea, but on our personal level, we all experience the world one way or another, Sometimes better, sometimes worse, sometimes in a more helpful way, sometimes in a more hurtful way. We have an experience of the world. Let's return that experience to its healthiest, best, initial way without all the hurt and trauma. If you look at little children that were just born, or maybe a few months old, I look at my grandkids who are several months old, and they're just so happy. They don't hold grudges. They get hurt and they forget about it a few minutes later and they laugh. There's nothing bringing them down. There's nothing holding them down. They're just happy. They're happy with the world. They're not traumatized. They're not, haven't been scolded. Nobody told them how stupid they are if they make a mistake. Nobody told them what they can and cannot do. And they're just open, curious, happy. That's before they've been weighted down with the filters, with what to think and how to think. We can reclaim some of that innocence, some of that happiness, some of that openness, some of that um, naivety even. We can let go of our grudges. We can let go of our hurts. We can let go of our established habits and go back to the innocence to clarity. We can keep our smarts, our maturity, but reclaim the happiness and innocence of childhood. And that's tshuva. That's repentance. So before we go on, I would like to invite each and every one of you to just connect with the childhood experience. Think of a child that you know, a child that you've seen, of a child's smile, Maybe it's a child in your own family, one of your kids or grandkids or cousins or just a kid you saw on the street and just connect to that experience. What would it be like to feel like that child, to feel that innocence, not to hold any grudges? Would you want that experience for yourself? Just maybe close your eyes for a few moments and to feel what it would feel like to be in that innocent place. 
Wouldn't that be amazing? So that's tshuva. That's part of our repentance. Letting go of all our luggage. And when God judges us on Rosh Hashanah, it's like him standing by and saying, are you sure you need all that luggage? You really think you need that? Maybe you can go forward and leave the luggage here in the previous year. Come on, is that really helping you? Do you have to schlep it with you? You know, it feels a little bit heavy. How about you just leave it back? Leave back the luggage. But sometimes we need to hold on to the luggage. We insist on holding on to the luggage because it gives us the right to be right. <gasps> Look how she hurt me. Oh my God, she's a horrible person. I'm never going to forgive her because I need to feel right. <gasps> or oh, we want to feel like a victim. I didn't do that. Everything I couldn't do in my world, in my life, everything I failed at, that's not because of me. That's because of the circumstances, because of what was done to me, of what how my mother brought me up. I'm not responsible, so I have to hold on to the luggage so that I am not held responsible for any of my failings. Or I need to have more, and to have more, I need to get it out of other people. They owe me. Okay, maybe in this divorce, my husband or my wife owes me more money, so I have to hold on to all the luggage of all the hurts to make them pay. You know, we do things for all kinds of reasons, but in the end, every time we have toxicity in our life, the first people to get hurt from this toxicity are us. And no money in the world is worth the toxicity we send in our own uh, bloodstream. No amount of being right is worth this toxic experience. And as to being a victim, nobody is a victim in this world. We all have choices. Even if people have done things to us, we have choices of how to live with that, how to look at that. So setting luggage aside is really a choice of becoming happy, becoming innocent, becoming clear versus being right. Now, I heard something really amazing this week, and that is that there are three courts in heaven. God has three courts in heaven. The first court has 71 judges. The second court has 23 judges. And the last court is the court where ju God judges alone. Now, the difference is that in the first two courts, they can find you innocent or guilty, but if you're judged by God himself, you are always found innocent. So how do you make it to the court of God where everybody is found innocent? The way to do that is to set aside and forgive any grudges that you have. If somebody hurts you, you are right. But let go of the grudge. Um, if you're in a fight with somebody, once again, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. But you don't have to hold the grudge. You can make peace. Now, obviously, there are abusive situations, there are situations when somebody abuses you. And it's very important to create boundaries in that situation to make sure that you don't get abused. And that means maybe putting some distance between you and that person or not letting them 
abuse you. But at the same time, as you don't let them abuse you, as you create boundaries, you don't have to hold the grudge. You can look at that person and that abuser and understand that they are a victim of their own internal evil. It's the worst thing in the world to abuse somebody else and they're stuck in a prison of not knowing how to deal with the world. And that's why they're pouring it at you. So obviously you don't have to love them. You should put a boundary and protect yourself. That's extremely important. It's not like you can let them off the hook and forgive them and now tell, take the abuse. No, absolutely not. You have to protect your mental state. But if somebody is abusing you, understand that they are stuck in a prison of their own making, of the, in the prison of their own evil. And if you see that, you don't have to hold a grudge to them because that grudge in the end fills your life with toxicity as well. Just put distance between the two of you and that will be much healthier for you, but also um, much healthier for them. And also, if you're in an abusive situation, please seek help. Please go and seek help. Maybe this is your tshuva. Maybe this is your repentance. Not because you did something wrong. Not because you're a bad person. Because very often victims of abuse feel like they deserve it. Like they did something wrong and now they're getting it. No, you didn't do anything wrong. But you need to return to your healthy, good place. That is tshuva. Repentance in English is really not the right word, but that is tshuva. It's returning to your good place. Go find help. Um, a therapist, or maybe you can start with a friend, or a hotline. If you're being abused in, by any, in any way, verbally, spiritually, financially, and certainly, certainly if you're being abused um, emotionally and physically, Go get help. This is your, there's nothing that God wants more in this coming new year than for you to return to a place of safety and emotional healing. You deserve it. So go get help. But we all need help. We all need help in returning to our original state of purity and health. Um, the Talmud says that a person who is under guard, a prisoner in jail, cannot let themselves out. And we are all in a bit of a jail of our own making. We all learned all kinds of patterns for our parents and grandparents and surroundings. And those patterns just look normal to us. What do you mean? This is reality. But it's not. It's not a reality or it's not ultimate reality. If you were to ask God, God would say, maybe that happens sometimes. But that's not the only reality. That's not the ultimate truth. So we need help. We need help, the help of friends, spouses, um, mentors. In those places where it gets stuck, to look at those places again and find healing there. To look at those places again and understand that there is more than one way to look at that situation. And the wider your perspective, the more ways you can look at the same situation, the less you are stuck in the same unhelpful patterns. So in the coming days before Shoshana, 
maybe you want to take some time to reflect at the places where you keep getting stuck, at the issues that keep making your life less than fun to live. And you may notice that the same issues keep coming up. Go to a friend, a therapist, a coach, whoever, maybe a spouse, to discuss that and to see that maybe there are other perspectives and consider those as other perspectives. Remember that it is our filters, our internal filters, that dictate our experiences and not that our experiences dictate our filters. The way we look at the world is what we get, not the other way around. So this is part of the healing of repentance of tshuva in this coming year. On Rosh Hashanah, we get a completely new download of energy for the entire year. And the more we unpack that, the more time we spend understanding what's here, the more time we'll look at this new download during the first 10 days, the 10 days of repentance, the more ability we have to implement that in the coming year. And to said that the 10 days of repentance are a time when God is especially close to us. Just think about it. If a company gets a new set of software, so the first few weeks, there'll be somebody from the software company spending time with you, making sure you get the download, you know how to use it, you get all the functionalities, you know, they'll take care of any bugs in the system and so on. Well, you know, that's a metaphor. God gives us a completely new download of energy and ability, awareness for the coming year. And he's with us here to explore it, to make sure that we really get it. And then we can start implementing it during the year. So as we um, near the end of this show, I would like to wish you a very, very healthy healthy, productive, um, peaceful new year, that in this coming new year we have no wars, the wars that are around us will be over, everybody will find peace and calm in their life, everybody will connect to their godly mission in the world, there will be more peace in our families, there will be more connection between kids and parents and siblings and spouses. And especially, I wish every single one of you that you make the full use of the amazing, godly, divine download that you get this Rosh Hashanah, that you really feel it. You really feel like you are being filled with new energies, new understandings, new awarenesses, new capabilities, that all the no's, all the limitations, all the things you couldn't think that you could do will just leave and you will be open to new possibilities, new vistas, new paths, and new roads in this coming year. And don't forget, on the first and second days of Rosh Hashanah, to visit your local synagogue and hear the blasts of the shofar that really wake us up to this opportunity, to the new year, and help us to... Uh, see God as the king of the world whom we have come here to serve through our unique life mission. So I'm wishing you an amazing, amazing new year. Shana Tova, and I will see you on the other side 
in the new year. Bye-bye now. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at israelnewstalkradio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.